Uh, how's everybody doing? Woo! Uh, <laughs> thank you, that's fine. Uh, guys, I'm really excited this morning. Uh, what I'm about to share this morning actually uh, has been inspired by over a year, yeah, a year and four months of, uh, of something that my wife and I undertook uh, that we started thinking about last year. Um, <clears throat> And it started from, you know, a very challenging situation. So I, I've shared uh, before, uh, but I've shared again, you know, my father, he, he found out he had colon cancer last year. Um, you know, came out of the blue, he, was just, uh, he had just turned 50, and so he was going to, uh, in for his, you know, colonoscopy. So, you know, when you turn 50, you get a colonoscopy. So he's going there, and, and thankfully I did, that, that, that's when they realized that he had colon cancer. Um, and not only did he even find out he had colon cancer, he found out that it actually ran in the family. He didn't even know. So, uh, disclaimer, find out your family history, find out what you may be at risk of, get checked out early, better than later, which is what I'm doing this year. But, uh, but I digress. So, uh, that happened, and so uh, it's very challenging. You know, my father, uh, by God's grace, you know, uh, Cancer is gone. Um, they would return back to work. There's a lot of crazy things I can share that came from it. But when that happened, it kind of, you know, shook me up because he told me, it's like, yeah, it runs in my fa- uh, in our family. And so you probably should get checked, you know, sooner than, you know, when you turn 50. And so I was like, all right, well, yeah, I'm going to do that. And so in preparation, my wife and I were talking, hey, we have to, like, change our lifestyle. Um, I, I know I can. I can do it, but I need her help too. <laughs> so okay, we're going to undergo this as a family, and so we started to to prep to to uh, cut out, you know, um, first we cut out red meat, we cut out red meat from our diet. Um, I can, I'm not the type of guy that can go cold turkey on things. If all of a sudden tomorrow you're a vegetarian, I can't do any of that. So, so I had a, I had a baby step my way in. And so we cut out red, red meat first, uh, then we cut out um, uh, fish. And then we cut out chicken was the last meat to go. Um, and then lastly, at the beginning, at the end of last year, beginning of this year, we cut out dairy um, completely and, and just started, went full on, you know, vegan, you know, plant uh, diet. And so, you know, it, 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 was, it was rough. Um, it, it, it's, it's rough when, when um, you know, I don't know if you guys know this about Seattle, they have, there's, a, there's a strangely large amount of burger places here. <laughs> Random like you know chains of hamburger places that, that are popping up. I'm like, all right, so it was, it was tough seeing all that, um, but we, we did that. And, and um, so going back to this morning, um, I realized you know I went about myself that you know how important it is to to uh, how, how important small things are, right? Um, little things as you know going to the doctor, little things as you know your diet, little, little small things make a, a big impact. And so this morning, I want to talk about little things. Um, uh, I, I was reading this article about this uh, Navy SEAL, guy in the Navy SEALs. And they were asking him, you know, obviously Navy SEALs, like, you know, I don't know a lot about Navy SEALs, but what I do know scares the mess out of me. Like, it's, it's intense, right? Like, just to, just to even apply to be a Navy SEAL before you even admit it, like, you have to go do these crazy, like, physical, like, crazy physical, psychological things. So this this uh, Navy SEAL, this 37 um, year, 36 year Navy SEAL, his name is uh, Anna William McRaven. He was giving an address to uh, to the graduating class. Uh, I think it was a military school, and um, and he was talking about like you know you guys are here to to 
you know, undertake, like, you know, to be superheroes, essentially, right? Like, the military, like, you know, there's a, you guys are here, like, big wives. And that can be, like, a tall task. Um, and so, when I, he's like, when I thought about my career, I, I realized that, that, that um, it's not about, you know, big tasks, it's about doing the little small things um, in life. And specifically, he says, making your bed. He says, you know, the, it's as simple as making your bed in the morning. And he's talked about it when they're in training, and I'm going to butcher these terms, so if you actually know about the Navy SEALs, please don't. <laughs> he was talking about, like, basic training, right? And he says in the morning, like, they just required, like, the first thing they had to do is to make their bed. You had to make your bed. You had to be like tip top, right? And he said that was like the first thing you had to do. And he says, you know, my only advice for you guys is to just make your bed in the morning. And he said, like, if you can accomplish a small task right off the bat in the morning, it's going to set you up for success down the road. And so that inspired me to, to give the, the lesson. The title of the lesson this morning is uh, The Little Things. And more specifically, three little things. Uh, I want to talk about three little things that God uses. And, and I want to talk about three things that we need to get, three small things that we need to get rid our lives of. Um, so, obviously, let's talk about the three things that, that God uses. Obviously, God uses a lot to, to affect and change our lives. So, I want to uh, just take the time. I want to talk about three small things that God uses. Uh, turn with me to Mark chapter 7. Um, again, on this journey to, you know, changing my diet and everything, I realized that. In verse 37, you know, um, there's no better example uh, than Jesus, right? In Mark chapter 7, in verse 37, actually starting in verse 36, it says, Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. Now, <laughs> when I read this, I'm going like, why, who are you to not listen? Like, don't say anything. It says the more he did, the more they, they kept talking about. It. And verse thirty-seven, people were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well. They said, even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Um, Jesus did everything well, guys. And and obviously that's like a no-brainer. But what I wanted to point, what I want to point out, guys, is that Jesus did everything well because the reason why he did everything well is because he did small things every day that made you know the culmination of life great. Um, he did the small things every single day. Uh, the first little thing I want to talk about that, that God uses, God uses little faith. Turn to Matthew chapter 8. Now, when I read this, it kind of, it kind of it blew me away, so bear with me. In Matthew chapter 8, it's a pretty uh, incredible passage that we have all heard before. But I wanted to point something out to that. Matthew chapter 8. In verse 23, now just to tell a little backstory, um, Jesus said, just, just got done preaching, right? And he goes on, on a boat with his disciples to go somewhere else to preach, right? And they encounter a storm. And so we appear uh, in uh, verse 23. It says, then he got into the boat with his disciples, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. His disciples went and uh, went and woke him, saying, "Lord, save us! 
we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the, uh, the winds and the waves obey him. Now, we read a most of us, I'm pretty sure we've all heard this story. Jesus comes to storm. One, it, it, it amazes me uh, that he's asleep. You know, those that know me, I, like, if I'm on a boat, I'm, I'm at work. I'm high. There's no way. Um, but he just was sleeping. And then, he, you know, the storm comes. They go to wake him. They say, oh, save us. And he says, hey, oh, you of little faith. Right? And the thing that, that often gets shared about this story is that, hey, you know, the disciples, you know, they have, they have small, small faith, right? Like, Himself even pointed out. Um, but I told you before, the, the thing that 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 um, that stuck out to Jesus uh, wasn't necessarily their lack of faith. Is that they forgot that who was in the boat with them, right? Jesus Himself was with them, right? Now, I, I, like a lot of times we read the Bible, and we kind of forget that. Hey, these guys are literally walking with Jesus. This guy is the, the Son of God, right? Walking with right, we read these stories and, and we, we try to like you know comprehend you know because Jesus isn't like physically here, right? We try to comprehend this guy. This is the guy that just done all these miracles. This guy was with them in the boat, but yet their actions were that were that this Jesus was not in the boat at all, right? The, this guy that that uh, performed all these miracles was in the boat. They had forgotten that. Um, Jesus says, "Hey, if you have little faith," but that's not the the, the thing that really matters. Um, it was the fact that they forgot that he was with them. Why do I say that? Let's go to Matthew 17. Okay. Matthew 17. Same book. In Matthew 17, in verse 20, and this is, you know, keep in mind, this is after they again have just gone through the situation in the boat. This is right after the transfiguration. I encourage you to read, read this story uh, um, on your own study time about the transfiguration and, and the, the amazing thing that just uh, they had just witnessed. But Matthew 17, verse 20, the Bible says, He replied, Because you have so little faith, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here and there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Here Jesus himself said, hey, you have little faith, but even with little faith, you can move mountains. Right? Even with faith as small as the mustard seed, you can move mountains, right? So, again, these disciples have little faith, but what can little faith do, according to Jesus? He says, nothing will be impossible for you. So, going back to the scripture uh, about the lake, was it really, a, you know, little faith? Like, little faith, we see. We see from Jesus himself what you do with little faith. The, the issue wasn't that. The issue is that they, they just simply forgot who was in the boat with them. They forgot that hey, Jesus is with us. And, and even with us, guys, uh, maybe this week, maybe, maybe longer this week, a couple months, um, we forgot that, hey, who's with you? Who, who's in your life? That Jesus is in your life, right? There's so many times that we can have little faith or we can struggle through things, but we all know it's not a really about little faith. It's about the faith that it's about the fact that we forget that Jesus is with us. We forget that hey, like the, the same Jesus who did all these miracles, it seems the Spirit is with us, guys. That's something we can't forget. Now, I be, I think that's what that's what uh, concerned Jesus the most. He said, "Hey, these guys are forgetting that I'm, I'm with them. Like I'm here. 
That's why I'm asleep. I'm not worried. I, I'm, I'm chilling asleep because I know that things are going to be all right. But these guys have forgotten that. that we can't be that. Like, we can't be that way with, uh, in our walk with God. We can't forget that Jesus is with us. And we're going to have little faith, right? Like, that's going to be good. There's going to be times when our faith is small, but we know that that's not the problem with Jesus. Jesus said, hey, you, you have small faith? Okay, man, you can still do amazing things with small faith. You just can't simply you guys, like, whatever you're going through, like, God, God is with you. I mean, we can't forget that Jesus, his spirit, if, if you're a Christian, his spirit is with you. You can't forget that God is with you. Amen. 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 Jesus, Jesus, and God, they can use a little faith, right? So, I know for me that encouraged me. This week, like, it's been a challenge. I, I, I felt like, hey, I literally went through my mind, like, man, like, my faith is not, like, not big right now. When I read this, I'm like, oh, that's no excuse. <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes we can feel comfortable saying that. Oh, yeah. I just don't have a lot of faith. <laughs> and feel okay with that because, all right, then things make sense. But Jesus says, hey, with small faith, you can move mountains. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't forget that I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So we say that God can use little faith. Uh, turn to uh, Exodus chapter 4. You can go old school and see what, what other little this chapter four. Let's take a look at our brother Moses. Exodus chapter four. Now Exodus Moses is one of the people that I can relate to the most uh, for various reasons. Um, Moses is one of the guys like I felt like was always telling God like man. Why are you sending me? Like, what am I doing here? Now, I feel the same way. I'm like, man, there's, there's, there's so many people more talented than me. So many people that have so much going on more than me. Than, than, why here? And, and Moses says that to God all the time. And this is one of those instances. And we see the little thing that God points out to Moses. In, uh, Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, says, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? There you go. Verse 2, then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And he ran from it. See, I threw it. Oh man, the first instinct, I'm gone. Right? He says he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of the fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Now, this is the, the, the cool thing about a guy like he, he kind of, um, he could have just easily just said, you know, I choose, I chose you, do what I say. Right? You know, they just say, hey, you know, forget about what insecurities you have, just go and do it. But here he's trying to help Moses out by one using his fears, his fears to, to show him that he's with him. But he says he uses a small thing as a staff, right? Now, we read this and we forget that he's asking Moses to go against the, the king of Egypt with, with the staff, right? This guy that has an army, all these, you know, we, we've seen the movies, we've seen, you know, three times, we've seen like all like the, the weapons at, at that time. He says, hey, I want you to go against this guy with this. And that can be us. That's, we can we can see that that God uses you know small things and calls us to do great things. And we can have like we can question, right? what am I 
what am I doing here? Just like he did uh, with Moses. Um, then, then I shared uh, in the past about, you know, before I became a Christian, I had, I had um, me and, and my cousins, we had a group called Level 7. And I, uh, most people know it was a rap group. Um, <laughs> a Christian rap group. <laughs> I was not a rapper. Nowhere, I've never ever been. I was, I was kind of like the manager. <laughs> and and we, we had we had you know plans to, to, to do big things, um, needless to say. Um, and so as we grew up, we kind of all separated through various things, and we, we just lost touch with one another. Um, and so I got the opportunity uh, yesterday to go meet up with uh, my cousin who was in, in level seven. Um, he has gone through a, a lot of challenging things, and so we, we got a chance to, to connect and just share about, you know, where, where our lives have, have, have gone and, and what it's kind of led us. Um, and he, he asked me a, 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 an interesting question, because he knows we're up here in Seattle. Um, I was sharing about, you know, how Margaret and I, we, you know, we're, we're um, you know, in a marriage Bible talk. And um, I shared with him, he, he's, he's going through separation with his wife. He has four kids. And he asked me, like, man, how, how did you and Margarita, like, weather, like, the storms of um, this life? And um, it really got me to think. I, I could have sat down and gave him, like, this like, long, big answer of, you know, uh, you know all the, I, and what, what just hit me is what I've been learning all this week. I was like, you know what, his name is Orlando. I said, you know, we, we really just, we never stop doing these small things. Um, and what I meant is that. My wife and I, every week we, 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 we connect and we have what we call a disciple time. Um, where we really just sit down and I can ask the questions like, hey, um, in what ways am I not, have, what ways can I improve? How can I lead you better? You know, as a husband, I'm in charge. Um, and my wife allows me to be in charge. <laughs> um, I, I ask the question, like, what, can I, what can I do to, to better lead you? Um, and then in, in her turn, she says, um, how can I support you better? Uh, and then we talk about it, right? And we use the scriptures. I I know my wife, you know, I, I feel pretty confident saying I know my wife better than, than aside from God. I know her better than anyone else, right? Vice versa. So I know the things that she struggles with, and I know with, by using the scriptures how, how, to, how to help her. And we open up the Bible and we help one another. And I said, you know what? Like, it's that small thing that can be insignificant to most people. That one small thing that, that we continue to do, and that's how we're able to, to, to make it through all those things. We, we don't take God out of the equation, and we do that small thing. And I say, you know what? More often than not, that's what I see. You know, um, when we talk to uh, other people that are married, like that's the thing that I see, the common denominator that I see when there's when there's challenges in the marriage, and they're not doing that small thing. Because that small thing, as simple as getting together, you know, talking about things, using the Bible. That small thing prevents and helps deal with a lot of the challenges that married people come It's a small thing, right? It's a small thing that, that may seem insignificant, and there's times too when, when when I'm struggling, I'm like, man, like, it's just, you know, I see my wife all the time. I got to come in this little you know, meeting. But it's, it, it may seem insignificant, but it has a big impact. And just like Moses, God, God's trying to help Moses see that, hey, that staff is Realize what's behind that staff, the power that's behind that staff, and, and it's me. 
And for us guys, we cannot we cannot um, forget that, that 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 those small things, that small vision that God's trying to give to Moses. We can't forget those small things in our lives. We gotta see them as for what they are. Um, God's using those things as uh, to have a big impact. So for my married uh, guys, have those yeah. times with your wife. Come on, now. make sure that you're getting in there and, and it's, protect that time. Make sure you get in there and. Um, Going over the scriptures with the wife, discussing about those those, those things that are tough in marriage. Um, same thing if, if you're single. Do you have do you have those devotional times with with God with, with other people in your life? People that you respect. Do you have those times where you can come and say, you know, how, how can um, what what things do I need to change in my life? Right? How can I how can I serve God? Do you have those times there where you can get that feedback? Uh, it's important, right? Yeah. Because we're just like Moses, guys. We're going against uh, Satan and his army, right? We're, we're at it every single day, right? And God's saying, hey, don't don't forget just this little thing that, that may seem insignificant has power. We need to be able to examine the scriptures and see where we're falling short and go after it. Amen? Um, one other thing that, that's, that was small that God used that, that I love to share is, um, is in, uh, where is it at? It's in my notes. It's in my notes. Uh, Genesis, uh, Genesis, uh, Genesis, uh, uh, John chapter 6. It's like right in front of my phone. John chapter 6. Now, I love the relationship between Jesus and his disciples because at different times we're, we're different people in Jesus' ministry. And uh, this is a, uh, an interesting story that we're going to peek in into a, a great miracle. But let's see what's going on behind the scenes. John chapter 6. In verse 1, it says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had uh, performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover was near. When he, Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? He asked this only to test them, for he already had in mind. He already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Now, it's important to, to, to note, uh, I never really uh, realized. Now, we've heard this story before, right? We, we, Jesus multiplies the, the bread and the fish, but... I never really knew until, you know, I saw that, that it specifically he specifically categorized the bread and fish as small. So it's two small loaves of bread, two small fish. Like, just to further emphasize uh, what a miracle that this, uh, this was about to take place. Right? Two small loaves and two small uh, barley loaves. Um, and the, what stuck out to me, is, guys, is that, you know, we, we have a tall task ahead of us here in Seattle. Right, um, my wife and I we moved here uh, two years ago to help start the Seattle International Christian Church. 
it was about 20, 25, 26 individuals that moved from different parts of the, uh, America to, to start this church, right? And we look up now, two years later, we're, we're over 50-plus disciples um, here, right? Now, if you were to travel back two years ago, and to say, if you would have told me, Keep it real. If you would have told me, like, man, like, two years from now, like, this is where, you know, we're going to be in the midst of some of the challenges that we went through. It would have been pretty challenging for me to, to envision, you know, what's going on here. Um, and in the same way, like, these guys, they, they saw the, the, the loaves and the fishes. They saw, hey, not only do I not see enough, you know, not only do I just see two uh, bread, two loaves, and two fish, I see two small fishes, two small fish. <laughs> um, but that's where our faith can be, guys. Like we, we can just not only just see things, but we can be totally just down. Um, but God uses that that little those, those little things to make uh, the little harvest I call it to make a big harvest when you feed over five thousand uh, people. Um, there's a scripture I want to read. You have to turn there. It's in Zechariah chapter four, in verse ten. The Bible says, "For who scorns the day of small things?" These seven eyes of the Lord, which scan throughout the whole earth, will rejoice when they see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's battle's hand. Um, and this scripture alludes to, to when they're re- rebuilding the temple, and uh, they they didn't they couldn't see the, the glory of the temple, the second temple that was going to uh, happen. They're so focused on like the small things, but here we see with the loaves and fishes, like we can see you know things as, as small and minimal, but God sees them as much, uh, much, much more. Um, we got to be able to see the, the harvest for what it is, guys. That it's going to be big. God's going to do great things. Um, so we talked about, like, you know, the small things that God uses. But I have three things that I wanted to talk about that, that we need to get uh, rid of in our lives, okay. uh, which are very important, which I feel are very important. Um, there's a scripture here you have to turn to in Song of Songs, uh, chapter 2, verse 15. The Bible says, catch first the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyard, are vineyards that are in bloom. And the scripture talks about, you know, uh, uh, catch, uh, catching foxes, you know, little foxes that can ruin a vineyard. Little things that, that can have a big impact, uh, that can have a big devastating impact. So I want to talk about three small things that we need to get rid of our lives. Um, one of them can be found in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And some of these things, you know, maybe in your life currently, but we need to get rid of them. The first thing is uh, the little speck. The little speck. In Luke chapter 6, verse 42, the Bible reads, Actually, verse 41, it says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, we, we uh, some of us have heard the scripture and say, Hey, you know, you know you, instead of um, you know, focusing on the speck, I send someone else to take the plank out of your eye, right? You gotta look at yourself first. But the first, the thing that 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 starts this whole issue is the little speck, right? It's the little speck that we focus on, right? And the the thing that we gotta rid out of our lives is focusing on other people rather than ourselves, right? Focusing on the little speck that maybe in someone else's eye, 
not taking the plank out of Rome. Because um, that's how it starts, guys, right? Well, no, one, no one usually, you know, uh, um, goes around thinking, hey, I have this big plank in my eye, right? We <laughs> realize we have a plank in our eye, like, once we start focusing on the little stuff, but we focus on the little stuff first, right? That's the thing that, that when we're not doing well spiritually, when we're not doing well in our relationship with God, we're focusing on the little stuff in other people's eyes, um, as opposed to dealing with ourselves. We got we to gotta deal with... with uh, um, focusing on that small speck first. We got to rid that mindset um, and stop looking for the little specks, right? Stop looking for the little specks in someone else's eye. Um, and again, going back to my the conversation with uh, my cousin uh, Saturday, um, I talked about this. I talked about how you know how how it's easy to 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 focus so much on other people. Um, one of the uh, issues we talked about is uh, reconciliation again. Separation. And I told him about when he asked me a question, how do you how do you reconcile? How, how do you reconcile with people that, that, that you're having issues with? And I said, you know what? Um, uh, and my wife and I we talk about this a lot. We've you know, been through, as I'm sure everyone else here has been, we've been through a lot, right? Um, he says, how do you how do you how do you reconcile? I'm like, you know, the, the thing that helped me uh, um, be able to deal with all that is that I had to find peace myself first. Um, growing up, I thought reconciliation meant that that the person that you had issues with, you know, understood where you're coming from and like said they're sorry or something like that. That's why I thought reconciliation was. Um, but I didn't. I, I realized that, that you know what? You can you can go to someone and share everything that your heart share what you're going through, and they may not see where you're coming from. They might not even apologize. So our reconciliation can't depend on someone else seeing where we're coming from. You know, it's not always proper. So I had, to, I had to be at peace knowing that, hey, I can come to someone and share my heart with them. They may not see where I'm coming from. They may not even apologize. And so I had to have peace with that first. Yeah. Um, I had to be reconciled between myself and I had to be reconciled between God. Because God said, you got to forgive people, right? Yeah. He, he doesn't say forgive, and if they forgive you too, then that's okay. No, he said, no, you need to forgive <laughs> in your heart first, right? And so I was like, you know, when I realized that, that's when I found. I'm like, there's so many times I held on to pain, I held on to hurt because other people didn't say they're sorry, or other people didn't understand where I'm coming from. And I realized, and I, I thought that's what reconciliation was. That, okay, you say, I say I'm sorry, the other person says they're sorry, you're okay. That's why I thought reconciliation was. But that's not what it is. Like, we have to be at peace between ourselves and God first. We have to be reconciled in that manner. Because it doesn't matter what, what other people other people may not, may not see where you're coming from. So let's deal with the little specs, guys. Let's be reconciled. So if there's people that you are having issues with, right? There's there maybe there's some little specs that you've been focusing on this week. Realize that you got to deal with yourself first. You got to be reconciled between you and God first, and not focus on the little specs. Mm-hmm. Um, one one other little thing that that we need to get rid of is uh, little humility. What do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Little humility. Now, I don't mean um, I don't mean uh, just, just being humble. I mean like uh, there are times when we, we don't have enough humility in our lives. When there's just a small amount of humility in us. In Philippians chapter 2 in verse 3 
Philippians 2, Philippians 2, verse 3. Says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Now, what I what I consider little humility is the first part of this scripture, right? When when uh, you know we don't have we can say, hey, I have no selfish ambition, um, and, and I consider others better than myself. Sometimes it can be less easy for us to say that. But the kicker is in verse 4. It says, each one of you should look not into your own interests, but, is it, but in the interests of others. I figure that, that's the thing that we can kind of sometimes miss, right? That, that, we're, that, we're not, that we're only looking to our own interests. A lot of times we may be, you know, trying to work on humility just to yeah. our hearts and not realize that, hey, humility is also looking to the interests of others. Right? Yeah. Putting others' needs before, before yourself. And it was really convicting for me because I feel like I can really be in my nature. I can be selfish at times. There can be a lot of times I can just do things because it makes me feel better or because I know I need to. Um, but not often do I, do I constantly say, hey, I need to do, um, I need to look to someone else's interest to see and make sure other people are doing all that. Um, so I want to challenge, challenge the, the group uh, today guys, to really uh, be thinking about looking to the interests of others. Um, we can have little humility. True humility uh, is verse two, uh, two uh, verse three and four, not just verse th- uh, verse three. Uh, and lastly, the the last little thing that that we need to get rid of is a uh, little time, little time. In Ephesians chapter five is where we find uh, the scripture. We need to get rid of little time. And this is one that I, I need everyone to help keep me accountable. Um, little time, because that can be you know as a, as a husband. Uh, and uh, a father of three kids, I think about that. A father of three kids, that can be my seat. I don't have enough time. Like, man, like, we're getting swamped. Um, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, the Bible reads, Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Um, making the most of every opportunity. I know as a, as a married man, like, that's something that, that um, again, I can just keep that. I don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of opportunity. But I can deceive myself and not be wise, right? The Bible says, you know, um, be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Um, I'll give an example. So my wife and I, you know, we have you know, this goal in mind of, of running a half marathon. And so we're the date that we're running our half marathon is July 7th. Um, so please keep us accountable. But you can't just say, hey, I'm going to run a half marathon, at least at, 30, at 34. You can't say, hey, I'm going to run a half marathon and not train for it, right? Um, it's not going to end that well. So we have to, like, train, right? We have to run. And so the first thing that I, that I thought of, I was like, man, like, how am I going to fit all this in? And here's what was convicting about my religion that, that, that God convicted me on. Is that so? We we uh, came up with like a, a schedule, not schedule, this idea. Of, hey, when I get home, what we can do before the kids go to bed, you know, we live right by um, the Burnt Gimmon Trail. Hey, we can you know run a little bit with the kids, um, have a you know have a cool little family time and run, um, and then come back you know put the kids to bed. Um, and you know it worked. And the first time we ran went uh, running, um, Margarita reached out to 
was she at the University of Washington? But she is this young uh, uh, woman. She shared a share with her, shared a faith with her, um, and invited her out to one of the I don't think she coming, but um, I wasn't even thinking about that. Like, hey, we could also share too. <laughs> like, that just shows the commitment. That just shows like, you know, where my mind was at, guys. And that could be us too, guys. We can say, hey, you know, I don't have time to do a lot of things, right? Um, whether it's spiritual things, whether it's things in life, but when if we really sat down, we really realize that we have a, a lot of time. Um, and the thing too, I realize, you know, what? I may feel like I don't have a lot of time, but the Bible says, hey, if the Bible doesn't factor in, you know, time. He says the opportunity. It says make make the most of every opportunity. Guys, um, we gotta be looking for opportunities to share our faith. Right? Yeah. Not not necessarily looking for, hey, this is the, the, the amount of people that, that I want to share, like which would be awesome. But hey, I need what I need to be looking for opportunities where I can share my faith. What opportunities during my day do I have to share my faith? Um, am I thinking about those things? Um, guys, if we're not doing that, then, then there's like we're being really selfish. We're being really selfish. We're not looking for opportunities to share our faith. Um you gotta make time for it. You no, know, we, we got to go after and, and sit down and be wise, guys. Um, there, there are three three things that I, I think that we need to make uh, time for and look for the opportunity to share our faith. Um, I already talked about one of them. Um, my wife and I have our, the time we get together and, and, and talk about the word of God, talk about our lives, talk about our marriage. Um, married people, we need to look for opportunities and, and stick to those times. People, look for those opportunities to get with people that you respect that can help you with your life and help you stay on track in relationship with God. Uh, for for the husbands, right? Date times with your wife. Amen. You gotta make those happen, right? We, we gotta we gotta find time on, on the schedule to really uh, encourage and treat our wives to to something special. Uh, singles, go and hang out. You got the got a great opportunity with the hike um, and picnic, which you might see me at. Make time for those. Uh, and lastly, prayer times. Um, again, going back to the discussion with my uh, with my cousin, um, I say, you know, one thing that I realized that that, that um, I forgot, um, you know, as you grow in your relationship with God, and, and, and there's things that you kind of stop doing because you think you, think you know it all, or just keep real. Um, I said, you know what? I, one thing that I started neglecting, I, I started to devalue how important prayer is. Um, and that I just realized I was praying, but I wasn't praying to the level that I needed to. Um, I shared about my family, you know. My family is obviously from my dad and, you know, different brothers and sisters going through life challenges. Um, I realized that, you know, I was trying to talk to them more than I was praying for them, if that makes sense. Like I was trying to convince them and talk to them, hey, this is what you need to do. But I wasn't praying for them more than I was talking to them. Um, and I realized how, how much I left God out of the equation uh, in those various situations. I said, you know what, prayer times. We, I have to make um, uh, more time for prayer. And so one thing that I'm going after this week is like the first thing, just uh, just like the, the Navy still said, hey, the first thing you did was make your bed. The first thing I, I do is I, I roll out of bed and I, I pray. Yeah. I, I gotta, that, that has to be the first thing that I do. <laughs> If the first thing that I do in the morning is not praying, like then, like what am I really doing? Like what am I really setting myself up for? If the first thing that I'm doing is not something spiritual, this is key. This is be just be very real. There's a lot of things that we can do, right? When we wake up in the morning, I know uh, for a majority of us, you know, we read our Bible in the morning, yeah. uh, we pray in the morning. But what's the first thing you do in the morning, right? Um, 
Usually, quiet time and prayer is usually like the, the fifth or sixth thing we do in the morning, right? Uh, what's the first thing that we wake up? Um, we gotta pray. We gotta set ourselves up for success, guys. Right? Um, in Luke 16, uh, verse 10, you have to go there. He uh, says, whoever, uh, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Um, the Bible talks a lot about little things. Um, little things shape our, your character, little things define your future. Little things expand your influence. Yeah. Um, no, there's so many things that, that the Bible teaches about that are small that have a huge impact. Um, so I want, I want to challenge you guys. You know, have the, the first thing you do in the morning, have it be something that, that sets you up for success uh, in your relationship with God. If it's a prayer, amen. If it's, if it's a time in the, in the Word, um, have it be that. Um, I'm going to talk about one last thing because this is a uh, communion in John 10. John 10, there's something that was big for us, but I, I believe it was something that, that wasn't, it wasn't significant to Jesus, but it's something that, that, that was, uh, was, uh, was easy for him to do. Uh, in John chapter 10, in verse 14, it says, I am a good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be uh, one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Or from my father. Um, you know, Jesus had a, had a clear goal in mind, right? He, he had a clear goal to that. He knew that, hey, I'm going to give up my life for not my sheep that are, in, that, that are with me and sheep that aren't even those of the sheep thing, which is the Gentiles over here for us. Um, and for him, you know, it, it, was, it was something that, that he just since he just understood. He says, I lay down my life on my own accord. I'm willingly doing this. And for us, I think it's something that we can forget too often, that, that, that one, that Jesus gave up his life, life for us, but that, that, that it was something that he was dead set in doing. Um, it meant something to him. And who are we to, to devalue that, that sacrifice that he made? And we get the opportunity every single day to, to kind of, you know, Show God how grateful we are of that sacrifice. And when uh, in communion, we get the time to reflect and recommit ourselves uh, to making sure every single day we, we go after getting closer to God. So I want to encourage you guys to, to look at the, the small things that, that we've looked at in the, in the Bible and really uh, examine ourselves and examine our relationship with God. And if there's things that we need to change, let's change them. Um, there's things that we need to get rid of of in our lives, let's get rid of them, guys. Yeah. Um, time is short, right? Yeah. We don't know how long we have on this earth, and so well, let's have a sense of urgency, guys. So, and as we pray for the bread uh, and pray for the juice, guys, let's think of those things. Let's go after our relationship with God. Let's go after taking care of these little things.